Well, I know you want to leave me, mm, but I refuse to let you go. If I had to beg for your sympathy, I don't mind, cause you mean so much to me. Ain't too proud to beg, sweet darling, ain't too proud to beg. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. Well, we have to have a cup of tea while we sing the song. The ego's mantra, ain't too proud to beg. And ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? I know you want to leave me, (laughs) but I refuse to let you go. Isn't that what the ego, the psychological self that we believe in, says to us any time we make an effort to free ourselves from its imprisonment? It says, I know you want to leave me. (laughs) and it giggles just like that (laughs) that dastardly laugh it makes that laugh and it says I refuse to let you go Mm, that's right it refuses to let you go because if you try and leave a domestic abuser you will be punished after it's managed to win you back and ain't that the truth? The ego continues to win us back with its trinkets, with its accolades, with its <laughs> results and successes. It says, see, look what I've done for you. Now come back to me and let's be friends again. Let's be, let's be, let's go out into the world and try and, and do something good. Yes, the road to hell is paved with what? That's right, good intentions. So the ego continuously abuses us. When we try to leave, it says, please, I know you want to leave, but I refuse to let you go. And it, it gives us something to do or achieve before it says, welcome back home. And um, we're punished for trying to leave because that's that's what it is. It's in a domestic abuser. So we have a cup of tea and we get ready for episode one, people. Episode one of the podcast from hell. That's right. We're broadcasting from the deepest, the darkest parts of the most cavernous regions of Inferno. (laughs) Amen. Ain't that the truth? We are in the realms of death and decay. We are broadcasting from the depths of despair. And we're hoping this message reaches out to the part of our mind that still wants to reconnect with us but we refuse because we rather suffering instead so beloveds we're turning to the book that's what we're going to do we're going to take it very light-heartedly we're not taking it seriously because if you take it seriously you made it real i'll say it again if you take something seriously you've made it real you've made the problem real if you take spirituality seriously it becomes a problem that you then need to to work at it's something you need to achieve it's something you need to live by it becomes an identity it becomes a position and you know with positions you have to defend them so we're we're taking the um the road of light-heartedness because you know when you realize that you're unstable when you realize that you are insane and you're completely out of your mind thinking that you are in a little body inhabiting a world in a galaxy blah 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 blah. when you realize that there's no need to take anything seriously anymore what you do is approach things very light-heartedly you approach them 
with the best intentions. And the best intentions is that you want to heal your mind. You want to wake up from your insanity and you're going to use everything in the asylum, in the world, navigating time and space as help. Everything becomes useful because it helps you wake up from your madness. So we're going to use um, this book filled with words called A Course in Miracles. Um, you can buy it anywhere and you can even get it for free online. So we're not taking the book seriously. We're just going to read something what the book is saying. And we're going to hope and trust that whatever we hear is reaching a part of our mind that we aren't accessible to, we aren't privy to, that we know is there but don't have access to. So we're reading with the intention of awakening ourselves up to the right part of our mind that is waiting for our invitation. And this is our invitation. We're sending it out. By reading it, we are sending out a message that says, I'm willing to listen. And if you're willing to listen, then hopefully you might hear something worthwhile and you might change your perspective and who knows, you might finally get your day release pass from the asylum. So here we go, beloveds. It's um, page 553, The Appointed Friend. Okay, so let's get comfortable. Let's have one more sip of this tea. I'm new to podcasting. I'm not trying to follow anyone else. Mm. I am just sitting talking to myself. Anything in this world, anything in this world that you believe is good and valuable, anything in this world that you believe is good and valuable, what do you believe in this world is good and valuable? Just take stock. Sit down. What do I think is good and valuable? Okay, I, 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 people are good and valuable. Um, anything in this world that you believe is good and valuable. Money, um, charities, what else do we think is good? Health, mm -hmm. um, purpose, anything else that is good and valuable. Friends, loved ones, children. You know, there's, there's, if, we, if we really take it seriously, we can list a number of things that are good and valuable in this world. But the Course is saying anything in this world that you believe is good and valuable and worth striving for can hurt you and will do so. Woo! <laughs> do you really want to hear that again? Don't miss it. If you blink, you'll miss it. Anything in this world that you have prescribed you have given the interpretation, the meaning. Anything that you have given the meaning to in this world that is so-called good and valuable and you believe is worth striving for, yeah? Anything in this world that you believe is good and valuable and worth striving for, not only can it hurt you, but it will do so. Wow. Yeah. Anything that you put your trust in, that you believe is worth fighting for, striving for, anything that you believe is good, valuable, can hurt you. And it will do so. And come on, be honest with yourself. You all thought at some point marriage was good. You all thought at some point 
he or she was going to love you forever. You all thought at some point your children would be angels. <laughs> you all thought when you had enough, when you had that amount of money you had, you would feel happy. You all thought when you got your first home and you know maybe you paid off your mortgage or you got the job, you thought you would be happy. You, you when you got the career, you 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 thought you found purpose. It was worth striving for. But come on, you've all lived long enough on the planet to realize those things have failed you. The marriage ended. He or she had an affair. They died. You lost the money, or the money ran out. The career you got made redundant for. You know, the house you sold, you moved, and again, everything you th thought at some point in your life was good and valuable and worth striving for has failed you, has failed you, failed you because it hasn't made you happy. It hasn't given you everlasting peace. And that's the litmus test. Does the thing bring the experience of eternal peace? Of course not. This is a world of um, decay and suffering. So of course it doesn't bring everlasting peace. It brings temporary, temporary moments of respite from your insanity. Not because it has the power to hurt. No, these things don't have the power to hurt. But just because you have denied it is but an illusion and have made it real. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So simply you've conjured up these things. Why? Well, that's for another episode. But you conjured up these things, all these good things and all these valuable things and things worth striving for. You've conjured them up. You've made them real. And you've denied that they don't exist. You think they do. And therefore, they are real to you. Yeah, they're real to many of us. Collective insanity is insanity nonetheless if one person believes he's seeing what he's seeing. Or one million people believe they're seeing what they're seeing doesn't mean it's real. Insanity is insanity. It is real to you because you made it real. It is not nothing. And through its perceived reality has entered all world, all the world of sick illusions. <laughs> all belief in sin in power of attack, in hurt and harm, in sacrifice and death, all of that has come to you because you've made something real when it wasn't. What did you make real that wasn't, that has now brought open, brought into your experience, sin, attack, hurt, harm, sacrifice and death? What did you make real? Yes, the one error. I was going to wait to the other episode, but you might as well tell you. The one error you keep making real every single moment of the day is that you believe you're separate from your source. There you go. You believe you're separate from your creator. Ah, yes. That devilish word, creator. You believe you are separate from creation and therefore... That one belief, which you have made real, and do it on a moment-to-moment -moment basis, has opened the door to a world of attack, harm, sacrifice and death. You see, no one can make one illusion real and still escape the rest. No. 
For who can choose to keep the ones that he prefers and find the safety that the truth alone can give? You can't hide in illusions. You can't hide in a lie and hope to find the truth. Yeah. It's one or the other. Okay? You who can choose to keep the ones that you prefer and find safety that the truth alone can give, well, it's never going to happen, is it? Who can believe in illusions? Who can believe illusions are the same and still maintain that even one is best? Have you come to the point in your life where you realise that there is nothing but lies. No? Then you will not understand what I've just said. <laughs> Have you come to the point in your life existence of consciousness where you understand the nature of your reality is a falsehood, is a fabrication, is a lie. Your entire existence and everything that comes with that, family, friends, job, life, whatever, purpose, meaning, spirituality, identity, gender, race, religion, whatever it is that comes with that human story is a lie. And if you are not a place, if you are not at a place where you can be willing to accept that as true, then you will not understand a word that has just been said in that first paragraph. And that's okay, because you are here with the willingness to hear something different. Because God knows you've heard the same thing over and over again forever. So lead not your little life in solitude. Doesn't it feel like that some that some some days that you're leaving you're leading your life you're living your life in solitude you feel alone no one understands me <laughs> we we are counselled in paragraph two to lead not our life little life there you go little life it's a little life really in solitude don't do it don't do it with that one illusion as your only friend. Mm, what is that one illusion that's our only friend? We know who that is. He sings to us every time we try to leave. I know you want to leave me. <laughs> that's right. The one illusion as your only friend, the ego. The lie. The ego is just a word for a lie. The lie that we tell ourselves that we separated from source. This is no friendship worthy of God's son, nor one with which he could remain content. Yet, God has given him a better friend, in whom all power in earth and heaven rests. The one illusion that you think is friend, obscures his grace and majesty from you, and keeps his friendship and forgiveness from your welcoming embrace. Let's say that again, because you know that part of you which doesn't want to hear it, needs to hear it over and over again. The one illusion that you think is your friend, the ego, the idea that you're separate, obscures 
His grace obscures the part of your mind that's trying to reach you. It obscures your belief, your allegiance with the lie. Your wanting to be separate obscures the grace and the majesty of your real self and keeps his friendship, keeps the part of your mind that is truly joyous from you. His grace and majesty is kept from you. His friendship and forgiveness from your welcoming embrace. Without him, you are friendless. Without being in touch with your sane mind, as long as you reside in the idea of you, you're insane, and therefore you will remain friendless. Without hope, continue the tragic experience of your life, despair, suffering, moments of happiness, replaced by despair and suffering and anxiety and stress. So, seek not another friend to take his place. Stop it. Aren't you sick and tired of your allegiance with the domestic abuser? Have you not been abused enough in order for you to question your allegiance or make the first move in leaving? Seek not another friend to take his place. There is no other friend. What God appointed has no substitute. For what illusion can replace the truth? No. Who dwells with shadows is alone indeed. And don't we all feel alone living in this land of shadows we call Earth? Planet Earth. Planet Shadows. Who dwells with shadows is alone indeed, and loneliness is not the will of God. But yet, we have a plague upon planet Earth of loneliness, lonely people, trying so desperately hard to connect with each other, but using all the wrong means, all the the tools the ego has given them, making them believe that they are connected, but the sole purpose is to keep them apart. Look at your social media. Fools you into believing you are connecting when the actual purpose of the system is to keep you lonely and separated in your psychological, fearful self. Who dwells with shadows is alone indeed. And loneliness is not the will of God, but it is the will of your friend that you've adopted and lived with. Your domestic abuser is. Yes. The will of that is to keep you lonely and living in shadows. Would you allow one shadow to usurp the throne that God appointed for your friend? Would you allow that one shadow, that dark little spot to blot out the glorious sunshine in your mind. Would you allow it? Well, you have to ask yourself, well, why do you allow it? Would you allow one shadow to usurp the throne that God appointed for your friend if you only realised its emptiness has left yours empty and unoccupied? 
if you only realized its emptiness has left yours empty and unoccupied. Make no illusion friend, none. Don't buy the lie it is selling. Refuse. Cordially decline. Make no illusion friend, for if you do, it can but take the place of him whom God has called your friend. And it is he who is your only friend in truth. He brings you gifts that are not of this world. <laughs> and only he to whom they have been given can make sure that you receive them. He will place them on your throne when you make room for him on his Oh, I like that. The gifts of creation will be placed upon your throne in your mind when you decide to make room for him on his. When you have had enough of hanging out in a world of shadows plagued by anxiety, fear, depression, wanting, loneliness, whatever it is, suffering. When you've had enough of suffering, when you've had enough of being you trying to fix everything, when you've had enough of that insane drama, maybe you will create some space where you invite those gifts to take up their rightful place within your mind. Joy, peace are the gifts waiting for us if we choose it to be so. If we stop aligning ourselves with the idea that we are separate from source, from creation, from creator. And if we stop listening to the ego's voice of go out there and get, go out there and do, good and valuable things are worth striving for. When we stop listening to that voice that is sending us out there to distract us from looking within, maybe a shift will occur. Maybe something new will be heard or something new will be said that wakes us up to the truth of who we really are. Hmm. Your only friend in truth, your appointed friend awaits for you. Yes, beloveds. Episode one, your appointed friend. Have a wonderful day and see you on the other side.